0: Hi, this is Mac from Mac's List. Before we start the show, I want to let you know about my new book, Land Your Dream Job Anywhere. I've been helping job seekers find meaningful, well-paying work since 2001, and now I put all my best advice into one easy-to-use guide. My book shows you how to make your resume stand out in a stack of applications, where you can find the hidden jobs that never get posted, and what you need to do to ace your next job interview. Get the first chapter now for free. Visit maxlist.org slash anywhere. This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm Mac Pritchard, your host and publisher of MaxList. I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Ben Forstag, Becky Thomas, and Jessica Black from the MaxList team. On this bonus episode of Find Your Dream Job, we're discussing a news story out of Washington, D.C. this month. It's about professional dress codes in the U.S. Capitol. And it's a story that's emblematic of a lot of professional dress code rules, and there's some lessons here about how these rules are enforced across organizations. Given the topic and the location of the story, we thought it would be a terrific idea to bring back a recent guest to get her opinion. Joining us today is Carla Miller. She's the career advice columnist for The Washington Post magazine. Carla, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Now, give us a quick overview of what happened. There, there were stories that were on CBS.com uh, as well as The Washington Post.
1: Yes, so what happened is in early July, um, reporters on Capitol Hill gather uh in, in the speakers lobby outside to wait for lawmakers to come out, um on on the house side to uh, to talk to lawmakers and get their take and get some sound bites. A female journalist was told that she couldn't enter the lobby because she was wearing a sleeveless dress. This is like a sheath dress with with no sleeves attached. She tried to cover her shoulders uh, using you know, paper from her notebook, but she was told that still wasn't appropriate and that she would have to uh, go around another way. And as you can imagine, this, this kicked up quite a kerfuffle. Um, other female journalists pointed out that they had been uh, stopped for these rules as well, that they were in sleeveless outfits or they were wearing open-toed shoes. The problem is that the dress code there doesn't specify that you can't have a sleeveless top or open-toed shoes. It merely says you can wear appropriate business attire. And so there's been a lot of debate going back and forth about what is appropriate business attire? Is this some sort of a message to women? Is this a message to the media? What, what is up with this, the stricter enforcement of this rule?
0: Well, a quick question. Let's talk about sleeveless dresses uh, for for women. Aren't these generally accepted as professional attire for career women?
1: Generally, yes. Um, As as we said in our last uh, conversation, for women, formal wear can include sleeveless and it can include strapless outfits. And so business attire for women frequently includes sleeveless sheath dresses. So I've dubbed this whole incident sheath gate (laughs) <laughs> because it's stirred up such a debate about, about this. But there's a difference between wearing, say, a spaghetti strap tank top and wearing a nice sleeveless sheath dress. Okay. But there are, you know, d- based on different interpretations of what's appropriate, exposing shoulders may, may be considered a step too far. And of course, people pointed out that Ivanka Trump and Michelle Obama and other professional women appear in professional contexts wearing sleeveless dresses. And they're saying, why is this Why is this the problem in the House lobby on Capitol Hill?
0: Yeah, in the article you, you shared with me, I, I think it mentioned that uh, Michelle Obama had worn a sleeveless dress three times to the State of the Union and Ivanka Trump, the president's uh, daughter, had, had worn um, a similar dress to the White House. I I want to turn this over to my co-hosts because all three of them have been thinking about this and have opinions. Uh, What do you all uh, think of the story Carla's sharing with us?
2: Uh, Man, this is a tough one. Um, I mean, (laughs) tough in some ways. I I just... (laughs) it's so it's so gendered right yeah, it, it's 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 so it's projecting all of this stuff on onto women's dress and even like there was some discussion about ties for men too and it's just like women and it's just it's just such a gendered discussion it's like why is this norm of ties for men and like you know suits like dresses and suits for ladies it's just like It's just so distracting and does it matter, you know. For me, it's just like cover your body, make sure your clothing is clean, end of discussion. Like why is there so much, you know, like you said, Carla, kerfuffle about it. It's just like, come on, guys, like there's work to do, you know.
3: Yeah, and I think that um, agreeing with what you're saying, Becky, about it being such a gendered issue is that it's diminishing in the many other ways that, women already get diminished. Yeah. Um it's adding to that context of diminishing women to just their appearance rather than their perspectives or their intelligence or contributions to in this yes. case Washington DC on Capitol Hill. Totally. So um it's just a let's let's dissect these women and you know s- uh, based on what they look like rather than uh, allowing them to go in and do their jobs, which is Absolutely. ridiculous, yep, totally well said so
1: it I'll really depends on who's in charge and who's the beholder um, you yeah. know, so in, in many offices, you know as we've said that's nobody would even blink at a woman wearing a sleeveless dress, um, but it depending on who's making the rules and who's interpreting the term appropriate, it can you know, you can you can hear just in this conversation, it's it's getting some backs up. It's making it's making women feel targeted in particular.
2: And it becomes so personal, like it becomes so subjective when when it is like in the eye of the beholder, like whoever's saying that is inappropriate in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, but I no I don't know clear, how to get around that either. Yeah, when I mean, there's
3: no clear guidelines of like you were saying, Carla, there's no nothing clear. There's no dress code that says so. There's people can't understand what. What's right and what's wrong yeah. if you if there's not something laid out. But Ben, what were you gonna say?
0: So I, I wanted to kind of extract this out to a bigger question, which is you know, uh, both in the U.S. capital, but I think in a lot of employers, uh, at best you get kind of general guidelines for clothes. They might say like business casual, um, but like folks don't really like get detailed about what exactly that means. And the assumption is like you're just gonna know what's appropriate. So, how are job seekers or professional people supposed to know what's appropriate um, in like an ever changing and more casual work environment?
1: You really can't know i mean without without specific guidelines from the employer that you know the employer the HR and management have to sit down and really think about it and say, okay, what are we going to what are we going to deem appropriate in our workplace? What do we consider you know casual?" or formal? And how do we apply it? And how do we make sure we enforce it consistently? And are we imposing rules that create hardships for people, you know, based on their faith, for example, we have to take all those questions into consideration. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, And not make sure that we're just clinging to one culture's definition of modesty or appropriateness.
0: So let me ask: Is this the kind of thing that is completely responsive in nature? Uh, I'm, again, I'm thinking from the professional's viewpoint. Like you're okay until someone tells you you're not okay.
1: Well, there are things you can do to to be a little more proactive about it. Um, you look at your company's dress code and and sort of push the uh, push the question. If if you can't get clear answers from that, uh, look around at the pick up cues from the people who are around you. Well, but to get back to the Capitol Hill thing, this this journalist was picking up cues from, you know, other other journalists. And, well, you know, we're, we're wearing sleeveless dresses and they're doing it. So it should be appropriate.
3: Yeah. that's. Actually, but then I was going to ask you that, Carla, is this a, um, I was curious about if this is a new thing and that's where that's where the confusion is coming through, where. Um, sometimes it's OK. And depending on who is the who are the people making the quote unquote rules or or deeming what's appropriate or not, um, that that could cause the, the confusion of at some some points in time, it's OK to wear sleeveless. And other times people are saying it's not OK. And I'm just I'm just curious about that
1: um these rules as i understand it these rules on capitol hill it it's not the code is not new this is not an entirely new thing other other leaders other administrations have you know imposed different slightly different rules at different times it's just a question of how how strictly they enforce it and it's you know it depends on if on that particular day the the the, the security staff happens to notice you walking by in your open-toed shoes or your sleeveless dress, they may or may not stop you. And it's probably confusing for them as well. They probably don't have these these clear guidelines. And if there were some sort of explicit rule book laid out saying that this is okay and this is not, then the, the enforcers would know what's up, the uh, journalists would know what's up, and everyone could be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, the House Speaker, Paul Ryan, uh, just a week after uh, Sheathgate, uh, announced that they would be updating and modernizing the dress code rules, so we would have less of this confusion. Mm. So, by the time this comes out, he he may already have done so, but mm. we'll we'll have to stand by and see what uh, what they end up with.
0: Well, this is really helpful, Carla. Let me ask you this, just to close. I, I'm thinking about our listeners who might be working for an employer and and they think the the dress code is one. Uh, set of rules and then they come in and suddenly they discover a new standard is being applied or maybe uh, there's a standard that might have been on the books years ago but hasn't been applied what and suddenly that that rule is being enforced what what advice do you have for listeners who might be in a situation like that whether uh, they're on capitol hill or somewhere else in the in the united states
1: well in in any employment situation if it's if the code isn't explicit or if it seems to be changing and you're not entirely sure seek clarity uh dig up some sunshine go talk to HR or go talk to your manager and say look I I understood the rules were were this and now I'm seeing that the rules seem to be different or they seem to be enforced differently what is the actual rule can we get some clarity on that and just just push for you know, explicit guidelines in, in in any whatever context you're in before it blows up and becomes a political issue.
3: That's really good. Good advice.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks, Carla. And thank you, uh, MaxList team. It's been a great conversation. If you'd like to get a transcript of the show and learn more about Carla, visit our show notes. You can find those on our website, maxlist.org podcast.